0: Somebody's chair is creaky. It's me. I was trying to be cool about it, but I was not cool. you,
1: You are the one with the creaky chair. It was me.
0: You thought it was someone else, but it was me, Dio. Dio, the
1: whole time.
2: To Chatty AF, the Anime Feminist Podcast. Today we are starting a watch-along of the uh, not-quite-of-this-decade classic Toradora. Joining me today are two of my favorite people, Dee and Vrai. And I'm Caitlin, uh, a writer and editor for Anime Feminist, as well as the anime reviewer for The Daily Dot. Um, how about you guys introduce yourselves?
0: Go for
1: it, D. D. it's Go
2: introduce
0: yourself.
1: Oh, okay, are we going in alphabetical order? I feel bad, because Vry's always at the end of the alphabet, so it's it like, makes you can me go memorable. First. Uh, okay, save the <laughs> <for a> <laughs> last
0: position
2: is the best position. No, I, I got you.
1: Uh, hi, yeah, I'm Dee, I'm the managing editor at Anime Feminist, and uh, you can find all of my writings at the Jose Next Door, and you can hang out with me on Twitter, at Jose Next Door, where I will probably be hollering about Pokemon.
0: <laughs> it's a safe bet. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Uh, hey, I'm Vry Kaiser. I'm an editor and contributor at Anime Feminist. I do a bunch of freelance work. Uh, lately, I've been writing for Fanbite a lot, but you can find all my freelance stuff by going to my Twitter, at Writer or you can find the other podcast I co-host at Trashpod.
2: I've been listening to the Trash Pod archives lately.
0: Aww.
2: I mean, I've been listening this whole time. Uh-huh,
0: uh I know. We, I'm we, a supportive friend. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> I know nobody listens to all their friends projects we just lie and say we do
1: we pick and choose episodes based on what you're talking about let's let's go with that i like it when you rip it i like it when you rip into Anne rice novels it's very good
2: that's always excellent <laughs> all right but we're not talking about vry's other podcasts today oh. we're talking about Toradora. We chose, ended up choosing *Tordora* because I decided to rewatch it, and I was like, "Guys, *Tordora* is really good. We should do a podcast about it." And so it was. And Vry were like, "Okay, mm-hmm. we needed." hadn't s- done a
1: podcast with together in a while, and we enjoy podcasting together, so it felt like mm-hmm. a good excuse. Neither Vry nor I had actually seen this one, so that's unusual. Usually, one of us has seen the show, so.
0: Well and plus we did a bunch of like high action series for for a minute there. So a, a a rom-com seemed like a good change of gears. That's true. That's true. Um
2: do something a little bit more low key but also still a big uh big fan favorite.
0: People people have big feels about Toradora,
2: huh?
1: Yeah, I did. I did a single tweet about it, and it got a surprising number of retweets and likes. And I was like, "Damn, y'all are like horny for this one, huh?" Yeah, so... no, people.
2: People love Toradora, and like, I totally get it. So, um, but before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about the production history. Um, it started in the fall of two thousand eight. And uh, finished in the winter of 2009. So it is 11 years old now. Um, Time is fake. (laughs) Oh boy. It is based on a series of light novels that started in 2006. And uh, has also been adapted into a manga, into a radio show, into a visual novel. uh, Pretty much any medium that you can think of. Because it is so goddamn popular. Mm -hmm. Um, The anime version... There was no staff that really jumped out at me when I was looking at it, other than, of course, Mario Kata.
0: Motherfucker, this is an... How did I not... Okay.
1: Well, right. Uh, Okada did the composition. She didn't write the original light novels. Gotcha. But yes. she, she did the, the series composition for the adaptation. Gotcha. Yes.
2: And I don't think... It, I, and I mean, I think it does depart, so there is a little bit of that Mario Kata-ness in there. It was fairly early in her anime writing career, I believe. So it was before we really knew what she was made of. Um, So my personal history with this show is not uh, especially interesting. Uh, I watched it one day and I liked it.
1: Brilliant. (laughs) Inspirational.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I watched it again and I still liked it. Uh,
1: which is a good sign. Yeah, good. Good as well.
2: <laughs> um But uh I mean it sort of came on the tail end of the moe boom. You can tell. So,
1: yeah, end of the end of the aughts, that that tracks, yeah.
2: Yeah. So, um so for years and years pretty much every single anime girl was moe and then uh Toradora came along and it's Like, it has some of that, uh, in there, but it does, it kind of plays off of them very deliberately and, um, and, uh, has, like, much more interesting character writing, uh, which I really liked about it. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's not like I'm talking about my long history with Fushigi Yugi or something. I watched it, I liked it, and now I'm getting my friends to watch it for the sake of a podcast.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I so the the late aughts are a kind of an odd blank space for me in my anime watching history because that was when the bubble exploded in the U.S. and we just didn't get a lot of shows for a little while and then we mm-hmm. switched over to streaming and then we were just watching everything as it came out in Japan. So um, my knowledge of the genre that it feels... Okay, my knowledge of the genre is a little bit... Uh, there are gaps in it for sure. But it definitely feels like Toradora is playing with and responding to a lot of the tropes that were common in the period. What it kind of reminded me of was um, Haruhi Suzumiya a little bit.
0: Uh, Interesting.
1: Yeah, and maybe that's not exactly, but the way it kind of, uh, it has these very um, common character archetypes. And I think Toradora is, and I've, to be fair, I've had this slightly spoiled for me because I did edit an article for Annie Femme about Toradora way back in the day. A really
2: good article. It was a very good article. Way. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm sure. Yeah, we'll, I was... We'll link to it in the in the show notes. Um, I was,
2: yeah, because I was the like the first editor on it. Um, it was that was Alex, right?
1: Yeah, it was Alex, and I gave it the I gave it the second pass, and I knew nothing about Toradora. Um, and I read that and went, "Oh, this sounds like it's doing some pretty cool stuff." And you know, this was a few years ago, and I didn't have the context behind it, so. I don't remember the specifics, but I have kind of a general memory of what the article was about because again, it was a good piece, and I'm pretty sure Toradora will be examining the tropes that we see in these in this stretch. As far as like you've got the Tsundere, um, you've got kind of the Genki Girl, like the cheerful, upbeat character. Um, it kind of also reminds me a little bit of my teen romantic comedy snafu. Um, in the way it's sort of engaging with those. And then you have the new girl, Ami, who shows up towards the end, who's sort of the idol character, but (laughs) also kind of shitty. Um, It's also kind of the mean girl, like she's... Anyway, so yeah, I I hope that it continues to sort of interrogate those archetypes and dig into this, because you see this in these first six episodes, this idea of like, okay, but who are these people really behind this veneer, behind this, you know, sort of two-dimensional... Trope that we've slapped onto a lot of these characters, mm. so I hope it continues to do that because there are definitely flickers of that in this early stretch.
0: Yeah, honestly, the most fascinating thing about watching this stretch for me was kind of putting it in context because, in some ways, I felt there were definitely uh, parts of this that I had a lot of fun watching and other parts I did not so much. But in in some ways, I had to keep my reminding myself, "You've been spoiled by the nice boys of recent seasons." Um, and how far slice of life comedy has come so it was really interesting to think of this in coming out in 2008 when the genre was just poisoned with moe but also the self-awareness that was starting to become a big hit because of Haruhi Suzumiya hadn't really become we're poisoned with that now by the end of the 2010s
2: so I can see how
0: this hit really big for some people and or, or a lot of people and seemed really and in some ways was really, really special because it, it's trying to do like you said, it's trying to say, all right, let's poke at these archetypes a little more still in a comedic framework and, and try to find some deeper humanity in there. I don't think it always gets there, but I respect the hustle as as you say.
1: Yeah, I think you can, and and it was like you said, Caitlin, hugely popular, right? So I'm sure it continued to influence the the rom com and um, like slice of life school uh, genre going forward mm-hmm. as well.
2: Well, and what I like it, about it is it does have, I mean, it does have that self awareness, but it also has a very real sincerity to it.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's just a metaphor. I don't think it's just engaging with like, look at these tropes. It's, it's trying to talk about like, no, but there, there are, these are like, again, it's fiction, but these are real people behind these, these archetypes. And, you know, how do we, how do we get to know them over the course of the series? So.
2: Yeah. And, and what we've watched so far has been like very, like sort of episodic, um, getting to know the characters from episode to episode and sort of, seeing, like, some sides of their personalities and how they bounce off of each other. Um, And it's going to get more into, like, the more serious character stuff uh, soon, actually. Uh, But, yeah, we're still, like, in the very, like, the very light, like, uh, setting, building, like, you know, get to know these characters, get to care about them. And then um, later it'll get more dramatic sorry spoilers
1: Um,
0: i was wondering how the fuck you were going to keep this up for 25 episodes show (laughs) maybe it's because i don't watch enough rom-coms that are just rom-coms it's really nice spending time with the characters this way oh no it 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 just it just didn't feel like it necessarily had the momentum to be like and we're gonna do shenanigans for two
2: core i mean that is what the american sitcom model is (laughs) but for more like that actually <laughs>
1: that actually brings me to kind of a, a question for you guys because m- maybe you're a little bit more familiar with with the genre than than I am um so I have an inkling this story um I you know folks at home I guess we're assuming everybody at home is more or less has seen these six episodes at least because that's how watch-alongs work mm-hmm. um so these six episodes set up uh, Ryuji and Taiga who I'm sure we'll dig into as we continue to to, to go with this podcast as these kind of combative friends, but it very much has the rom-com vibe of, oh, they're meant for each other. And eventually they're going to get together. Right. Like that's, that's kind of the vibe you're getting from this. Oh, a hundred. And that, yeah. And that struck, first of all, um, I think this shows biggest, uh, hurdle for me going forward will be I honestly really like them as friends and it's going to have to really work to convince me that they need to smooch because at this point I've, I feel like, like they don't have to and mm-hmm. I'm totally happy with that <laughs> uh, that having been said um, I know the structure of is this so obviously Toradora is drawing from some anime archetypes in terms of some of the character uh, the way the characters are written um, but the structure of we're going to team up to help each other with our crushes, but then, oh no, we actually fall for each other. That is to me, a very Western rom-com sort of uh, structure of a story. Mm-hmm. Have you seen mm-hmm. that much in anime before? Because I was racking my brains to think if I'd seen that much before, and I, I can't really think of anything.
0: <sighs> mm, let's see. Let's look at my shelf of <laughs> Um. I don't, I am the wrong person to ask because I don't actually watch, a lot of these types of shows where it's three of one gender and two of another so we can have lots of love shenanigans but it'll always be straight don't worry <sighs> so like it's quite possible that there is some of that but it's not my preferred go-to
2: yeah um i mean i would say that that particular setup isn't super common in anime um and i'll be real my my shelf oh shoujo like there's plenty of like it's not like exhaustive or anything. Um, I would say, but it does sort of play into something that I think is more common in anime and manga, which is uh, we share a secret yeah. and we grow more emotionally intimate, and that and that is what leads to dating. Mm-hmm.
1: That I do. That I do definitely. I yeah. I will agree with you that I see. I do see that a lot in uh, the the anime rom com or anime and manga. I guess rom com format. Um, is yeah we are united in something that other people don't know about and then we're we bond over that and then that's how we we slowly become you know closer and closer uh for sure so i just that that structure of the let's help each other with our crushes it just struck me as kind of again one of those things that i was very is familiar to me but then when i started to think about why it was familiar to me it wasn't from like anime and manga so i thought that was uh just an, just an interesting touch, I guess, for yeah. Toradora mm-hmm. that it seems to be drawing as much from, you know, more Western Hollywood style rom-coms as it is anime. And that combination gives it a freshness that even though I've seen these beats before to see them kind of merged and then sort of played with a little bit was kept these episodes from feeling stale, even though a lot of the stuff that happens and then I, I have seen in, in a version before, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. yeah yeah it's it's clever the way the the author seems to have been influenced by by media by media across um, mediums i guess you know
2: mm-hmm. media's media is a plural mm-hmm. but yeah no that's that i i never really thought of that before like and yeah i would say that it is like in terms of anime and manga it's probably closest to like a hor- horimiya and I know that horimiya came later but that's sort of like looking at my shelf what I have there that is most similar or um I guess there's a um, complex I, I
0: guess there's <clears throat> card captor Sakura where they both have a crush on Yukito and then end up you know kind of having a cute little romance by the end mm. that's my nearest estimation like they aren't working together but it's a case of we have a crush on somebody else but we're, we're made for each other
2: Yeah, I mean, I do think that there are ones where it's like, oh, I have a crush on someone else, but, like, the other person is really the person for me. Uh, Don't ask me to name them. Well, no, that was that was definitely a Lovely Complex. Have you guys seen that Lovely or read Lovely Complex?
1: A little bit. I never. Oh. I didn't. I didn't dive into it, but I'm I'm aware of it. Yeah.
2: That's another one that I would like to do. For this. <laughs> it's really good. It's really delightful.
1: Okay, put a <laughs> pin in that one then.
2: Um, and it's shoujo, and um, so you know, <laughs> even better. Um, but yeah, uh, I yeah, you know, I never really thought about that and maybe, yeah maybe that is like part of what makes Toradora so feel relatively fresh is that it has that particular setup which is not super common in anime and manga and the characters also just have really good chemistry together the, I feel like the writing is really snappy mm. with all that in mind should we start talking about the characters
0: I uh Midorian is good yes. <laughs>
1: I think I love Minori. I, uh, I was pretty sure I did when they had the focus episode about her, where, again, the, so Genki, for folks at home who don't know, is just the Japanese word that means like cheerful, bright, happy, like, you know, raring to go, Energetic. Kind of thing. Energetic, yeah. And so the Genki girl is, is kind of, a is a bit of an anime trope. And Minori kind of starts to slot into that. And when you get that episode of them where they're trapped in the, uh, shed together and she's kind of freaking out but she's like no 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 the point is you have to like smash your fears and like focus on other things and figure out a way to get through uh that was the moment when i realized i really liked her like she was already kind of a goofball um some of the scenes you'd get of her at school like f- screwing around when they were playing basketball and things like that um, oh she's
2: such a weirdo
1: yeah she is kind of her. a big weirdo and i i really enjoy that about her um, but that moment where you get that sense of, oh, she's not just bright and chipper because she's just naturally like this. It's like this was a a choice she made was to like, you know, try to... Because it's it's actually very hard to be optimistic. And so for her to, you know, the, fa- the fact that the show kind of addresses the... Minori has decided this is how she wants to approach the world. I thought that was pretty cool. And I liked that about her quite a bit. Um, because I think a lot of those Genki-type characters tend to come across as just like naive And oblivious. And so I like that uh, Minori does not come across that way. Uh, And then she had that beautiful moment in the classroom where Ryuji asked her what she thought of people who (laughs) referred to themselves as airheads. And she was like, bad, 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 bad. And there's this orchestral music. And I was like, yeah, no, I love you. You're, you're fantastic. Thank you, Minori um she's good
0: she's real fun and it's it, yeah it's no. like super interesting how we've kind of come back around to just doing that as trope through a slightly more weird girl lens like she reminded me a lot of Chica from kageya yeah. except with a little more depth
1: yeah mm. that's a that's a good point you do see that that sort of goofball weirdo girl in shows more nowadays i think um in a way that isn't just like the straightforward like oh she's chipper and cute like you used to see like they're yeah they're very silly or even, now
2: or even just like weird in a very like obviously constructed way yeah like i mean i'm speaking as someone who is kind of weird yeah I Like think we characters. All are a little bit <laughs> <laughs> i mean <laughs> um but i mean we're anime fans so we're probably kind of weird at least a little bit <laughs> mm-hmm. um but like I'm trying to think if this is some like this is something that you see like the manic pixie dream girl, basically, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean, not quite. Um, Since that's that, very
1: similar. That's that's similar to a Genki girl, though. I see what you're saying.
2: Yeah, like, but this like very like con- obviously like constructed sort of idea of a girl who is happy and energetic and kind of weird and. Uh, you, the so the manic pixie dream girl which i know that people don't like that anymore but i still think it's a useful term if you contextualize it properly and the sort of the moe genki girl like i think those are two very similar sorts of things in that it's like felt very alienating
1: yeah where you're and like, this but, is not how people act and i get what you're going for it's kind of like watching big bang theory where you're like this isn't this is like some weird approximation of a nerd. This isn't actually what it is. Right.
2: The simulacrum, or however you pronounce it. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, Chica and Minari feel more, like, genuinely just kind of weird. Like, <laughs> so, and, and in a way that I relate to, because I'm, yeah, I'm weird. I appreciate seeing, like, other weird characters in shows, in, in fiction.
0: Mm-hmm well we're talking about this as a rom-com but I, I feel like we should note for the listeners at home that this is shonen, like rather than shoujo or it is yeah so yeah, I, but, I feel like that like, colors shonen, certain sho- things
1: yeah it i mean it, it it shifts the focus a little bit i guess as far as you know character and demographic but rom-coms exist across all it's, demos it's not inherently a shoujo thing you know
2: it's the kind of shonen that gets mistaken for shoujo
0: I was thinking of it as specifically in terms of the Genki girl, which, you know, was originally kind of your standard shoujo protagonist for a series aimed at, at younger girls, you know, and then it kind of migrates into these more romance-focused shonens where she tends to be, you know, a more peripheral girl character or the love interest, which is when it shifts into that manic pixie dream girl mode, which is specifically a character who only seems to exist to be Quirky and turn the protagonist's life upside down and have no life outside of that.
1: Sure, yeah, I see what you, I see what you mean <laughs> as far as the way that character, right. like, it like, has been used over the years, yeah.
2: Yeah, like, I've been rewatching Year Lie in April and, like, uh, the main girl in that, Kauri, is, like, such a, like, textbook manic pixie dream girl it's super annoying (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) yeah and and I do I do appreciate that Toradora it edges right up to the line of that sort of insufferable like you get almost to the edge of like oh this character is calculated in a lab specifically to appeal to this particular kind of you know archetype uh, and then pulls back. And like you said, like there's there's a um, a sort of a sincerity, even when I think the show messes up because I, I do not think this is a perfect stretch of six episodes by any uh, metric. but um, I do appreciate that there does there is a sincerity behind all of them to make them feel like actual people instead of just a combina- a combination of uh, tropes to appeal to the the you know demographic audience. So.
0: Well, I think- right.
2: Even though Taiga is very much a tsundere. <laughs> oh yeah. boy,
1: is she voiced by the quote-unquote
0: queen of the tsundere. If it I've be been watching this
1: dubbed because I'm a poser, but you are correct. Oh, she is voiced. Sh- by oh, the I queen haven't of seen the dub. How is it? It's solid. Yeah. I uh, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Um, I haven't been bouncing back and forth, so I can't speak to exactly how uh, accurate it is. But I I like it. I like the. I tried the sub for a couple episodes and i just i stare at a computer all day and sometimes i'd need to not be reading uh it's it's honestly become a health thing at this point that i i like to watch dubs when i get the opportunity um but yeah wow
2: fake anime fan i know
1: i'm sorry everybody can just mute me out of this conversation going forward (laughs) because clearly nothing i say matters um but no i i think it's a pretty solid dub i like the i think the I only, watched, like, I only watched like an episode and a half in Japanese, so like don't quote me on this, but I think the give and take between Ryuji and Taiga is a little more... Uh, it's a little easier to follow in the dub, because hmm. the actor who plays Ryuji has kind of a snap to him that works really well with their interactions, whereas the little bit I watched in Japanese, um, he's definitely not so... One of my least favorite... One of my very, very least favorite anime things is the sad sack boy who is just bullied the whole time through and it's supposed to be funny because haha boys can't get abused and yes they can mm-hmm. um, and so I hate that shit right? Right. Um, and I appreciate that Toradora even though she is at Tsundere who's kind of violent um, there's very much the sense that Ryuji's not just like getting dragged into all of this against his will and he's just like this sad pathetic like again like basically abused kid um, there's more of a sense oh, of Oh gosh. Yeah, like he snarks he snarks back at her. They have a give and take. Um, he doesn't really seem to like when she like when she like kicks him in the leg or something. It it is more authentic to my experiences in high school, which I'm not saying we were we were this was a healthy high school thing, but you know, when you like would sock your friend lightly in the arm to Yeah. You know, kind of thing. Yeah, and,
2: and that's sort of what I think yeah. of
1: And I'm not saying that's good, but I think that there is a way to to address that more um, authentic sort of high school roughhousing experience Mm -hmm. and I think Toradora is closer to it than a lot of these shows that really just become like one person wailing on another person it's just it's not enjoyable to watch you're just like I really hope this person gets out of this horrible relationship
0: especially Um, in the the 2000s when like Love Hino was still huge and that had like the (sighs) comical the, the comical relationship abuse hooray
1: yeah yeah I I despise that, regardless of the genders, mm-hmm. so.
0: And that's sort of what I think
2: of when I think about is now. It's, like, and, like, I loved Luvina back in the day.
0: Listen, we all read or watched um, all of it, and we can't explain why.
2: Not all of I it, I still thank have the DVDs on my shelf. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but, like, you know, I've I've talked before about how, like, I really connected to Tsundere characters, and then as Moe sort of became more and more of a thing, like, uh, they became flatter and flatter and more like working according to expectations, as opposed to like Akane and Ranma One Half, who is like she fits a lot of Sundary archetypes, but she's also genuinely just pissed off.
1: Yeah, it's sort of like an an actual angry girl versus versus a collection of tropes meant to appeal to a particular uh, like, romantic archetype. Yeah,
2: like, is angry. <laughs> That's who she is. Yeah, no,
1: I get the feeling Taiga is genuinely angry, and sometimes I do think sometimes the show does sort of fall into that, well, of course this is how Tiger responds, because she's a tsundere, but I, I get the feeling we will find out more about her based on some of the, the rocky information we have about her parents um, that will explain sort of why she tends to respond to um, people being nice to her with sort of uh Mm -hmm. aggression um yeah so i'm curious to see see that kind of going forward and how they how they continue to because it feels like they're maybe going to interrogate these tropes a little bit and talk about like well how 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 do characters end up being um this why is she like this this yeah (laughs) why is she so brutal Um, because, you know, I don't think, I don't think people are just naturally that angry. I think there's probably some trigger in her, in her backstory that would explain that. So, um, I look forward to seeing that. And again, it, it really helps that Ryuji doesn't particularly seem to mind. Like, he gets a little annoyed with her, but in the way that you would get annoyed with a friend who's being you know particularly snippy about some particular something you know like it again they feel like friends they don't it doesn't feel like she's dragging around this mm-hmm. poor kid who would really like to be anywhere else right now and so I do I appreciate that about Toradora. I think that's that's like the main I think I, I'm not sure I would have been willing to do this watch along if I'd gotten a couple episodes into it and had not felt that give and take because that would have been insufferable <laughs>
2: Yeah, and I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't have been trying to lead it either, right? Like I wouldn't have been, been I wouldn't have been like, guys, we should watch this if it if it were like that. Like Taiga is very like she's angry and she is extremely socially awkward. Um mm-hmm.
1: God, she is so awkward too. I do love that element of her. Sorry, Variety, you were trying to say something and I feel like Caitlin and I are talking a lot.
0: That's good. Um, yeah, you you made me want to try out the dub though, because I think I think they mostly have that give and take but there are a couple moments in the sub where i feel like it's it sort of does the uh it 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 does the writing equivalent of letting its breath out and kind of slides into being like the angry girl who goes too far and the the beleaguered boy she drags around who snarks behind her bath but never back but never actually confronts her about anything and i was like i don't like this because definitely i kind of had a hard time with the first episode because it presents itself as doing the thing before it kind of starts to poke at it a little bit and one of my favorite things in this stretch of episodes was the moment where they kick the crap out of that out of that light pole the light post yeah (laughs) that was so
1: good yeah like that that moment of understanding is really nice
0: and now that you tell me it's okada that makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. So, like, I I live for the high points like that. I think the anime doesn't always write to that standard. I think sometimes it's like, and we'll have these big moments where we undermine some of the stuff, and then we'll kind of go back to just writing the tropes for a while. Yeah. Especially like, yeah.
2: yeah. And I mean, I think knowing more about the characters does kind of look, if you look back in retrospect, clarify some stuff about the first episode. Like, the fact that Taiga literally tries to murder Ryuji for finding his finding her love letter like like if just Mm -hmm. in the first episode that's that's a lot but knowing her and knowing just like how like she responds to uncomfortable like it's not just that she's violent it's that she responds to uncomfortable social situations with violence because she doesn't know what else to do like it's like a panic response for her
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's fight or flight, and she fights. Um, I kind of
0: don't know what to do with the fact that they're both sort of creeps together, and the show expects us, like, the, the show knows it's creepy when Ryuji is doing it, and it kind of expects us to be charmed when Taiga is doing it, and I'm not
1: Yeah, charmed. I did, I had a note that Taiga's a giant hypocrite, because I don't, I feel like the, some of the stuff that Taiga's doing is way creepier than Ryuji like Ryuji has you know books full of like love letters and thing and and playlists that he wants to like he wants to make a mixtape <laughs> so stuff. I know and I'm like oh dude you're pining super hard and this feels very it feels I mean maybe like low-key creepy but in the but more awkward just like awkward high schooler I don't know how to get these feelings out so I'm just going to have a box full of again poetry and mixtapes and whereas Taiga's like following yusaku around and taking photos of him without his knowledge and to me that's way creepier i see that um, a lot in
2: but, anime and manga though
1: yeah, um, yeah that well that doesn't make it less cool. creepy <laughs> and i
0: it's so the whole thing was stalking in this anime okay this, mm, it's weird that this anime is about so much about stalking in these episodes and photos and isn't it funny and charming that taiga wants photos of yusaka and gets ryuji to take him and then it wants to have a serious moment about a stalker in episode six
1: i i I noted that as well because i really i really like that stalker arc i I thought that was a really good
2: episode
1: yeah i mean I... i like the way that um i like the way that taiga i i love taiga's response to seeing him taking photos is hey what the fuck are you doing like that's that's great to see and the way it sort of inspires ami to to um, fight back against him which obviously is oversimplified because actual stalkers in the real world you can't just smash their cameras and they'll go away um, like it's its much more complicated than that but it is a satisfying moment in the realm of fiction to see that happen but yeah Novar, I totally I had the same thought when that happened where I'm like but Taiga, you've been snapping photos of Yusaku behind his back this whole time You do you not, do you not see the do you not see this parallel here kiddo uh, which would be fine if the character didn't, but I don't think the narrative does either because nobody else calls her out on it, which mm-hmm. uh, is, yeah, it's it's definitely a noticeable gap in this stretch of episodes.
0: I feel like Ami should be a character meant for me, and I just don't like her. Oh. <laughs> well, maybe you'll like her more as the series goes,
2: because I really like Ami. She's terrible. She's my horrible, terrible, awful daughter.
0: Like, in theory, I'm here for a character who pretends to be Moe because she's actually, like, a lazy, snarky slob, but she's a little bit too genuinely mean. Like, mean and maliciously manipulative.
1: She's very nasty in mm the stretch. I do agree with that, yeah. So I'm curious to see if... Because I get the sense that the show is going for this thing where not only is there... You start to see this with Ami, I think, in episode 6, where not only is it like, well, there's the... Because it's, it's dealing with appearance and reality a lot, like, right? Because mm-hmm. obviously Ryoji, everyone thinks he's terrifying, but he's actually a really sweet kid who loves to cook and clean, and he's a domestic darling, and Ryoji's a good boy. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, Taiga's this, like, pint-sized little kid who everyone's like, oh, she's like a doll, and then she will uh, kick you through a window. Um, so it's continuing to sort of, and and the two characters are frustrated that people don't understand them. And I love that. I like engaging with that that sort of expectations-reality uh, divide. Mm. Um, and so you start to see that with Ami as well, where she's you know putting on this this truthfully kind of infantile act, and I like the way the show points out like, yeah, acting like a like a helpless child makes me popular. Isn't that kind of fucked up? Um, cough, I think cough, that moe boom. <laughs> yeah, it 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 interrogates the it because like. Obviously, it's been it's been a solid ten years since this show came out, and um, I think the cute girls genre has gone some really exciting ways in recent years. But the moe boom, like the the comp the the double whammy of infantilization it was, and sexualization, was it was super bad uncomfortable. out there
2: for a while. It was, r- yeah, it was real it bad. was rough.
1: And so I do like that Toradora is kind of mm-hmm. kind of calling that out a little bit, mm-hmm. um, in the sense of like, oh no, this is all calculated and fake. Like that's that's pretty great um and it seems to be easing into this idea of like well there's the level that you put on for everybody and then there's sort of the undercurrent where when you sort of take off that mask who you are but then there's but then there's a more complex person who is a little bit of all of that right like that's kind of where i think they're they're leading ami so like even her mean girl vibe i think is a little bit of a a mask is the sense i'm getting like it's it's a way for her to let off steam and fight back against these social pressures that she's under. And so I'm hoping that she will continue to be, as she puts, as she puts it a total mess. Uh, but that it will ease, it will ease off of the, like the viciousness in these episodes, because I agree with you, she's like unpleasantly malicious. Um, so I'm hoping that by, by just by virtue of having some friends who she can kind of, she doesn't have to feel like she has to pretend all the time around them. That she will stop going so hard in the other direction and will and will uh, chill out and be a little because bit kinder going I'm, forward because that would be a big deal. I
2: really liked how uh, Yusaku introduced her, which is like, yep, yeah, my childhood friend Ami. She's a celebrity and she's awful, isn't she the yeah. worst? <laughs> she's she my. Sucks. She's, <laughs> I've been friends
0: with her for years and she's terrible. I just want you to know... I set up this whole thing so that you would know she's terrible. (laughs) I need...
1: Yeah, she's under a lot of pressure to pretend to not be terrible to basically the entire world, and I think it would be really healthy for her if she if she had a few other people who knew she sucks. <laughs> I,
0: I can I can see the, the narrative kind of trying to work towards her and Tyga, in particular having this kind of relationship where they can just be relentlessly mean to each other and that's okay, but I don't think it's there yet. And boy do I hate that fat shaming, huh? It's bad. Yeah. Ooh,
1: yeah. yeah, I could not even and, and this could be because I was watching the dub and everyone was talking, you know, simultaneously, but I couldn't even really follow what was going on in those Diet Warrior conversations. Like, I guess they were calling her out because she was acting like, oh, I never diet and I'm perfectly, and I have a perfect weight, and so they were just... Giving her shit for being so smug. I don't no, know. No, that's going not on even because like, not like it. She so she's talking
0: like to it. to the to classmate girls who were just kind of there, and she's talking about how like, no, you know, I think it's really important actually to just you know eat what you want, but eat in healthy portions. And then they come in and give her shit about like, how ha- you know having I guess like stomach flab and eating a bunch of convenience food, wh- which. And, and, like, how you know how this is for all of the girls who go out there and diet, actually. And I'm like, hmm, I hate this. She would like, yeah, she's full of shit. And I think it could have been like funny satire if they had actually gone to like, you're a model. Models don't actually aren't encouraged to have healthy eating uh, habits. But instead, it, it's about like, no, crash diets are an honored part of being a teenage girl. And I'm like, mm. I hate this.
1: Okay, yeah, I I maybe misread the scene, or I mean maybe the dub softened it a little bit too. I'm not sure, um, but I knew it wasn't good. I was like, I feel like this is bad. Whatever's going on here, uh, yeah, them them sort of attacking her her tiny tiny bit of of stomach fat. How dare she?
0: Which which is not like
1: really file not
0: found. <laughs>
2: yeah, they yeah,
1: don't even I draw mean... her different.
2: Well, I mean it's a time honored anime tradition of. This character is and fat because we say they are, not because of any differences in their character design. Oh, mm-hmm. she's not
1: fat. She's just not perfect. She just she just has a little bit of body fat. God forbid. Mm-hmm. Um. So Ugh. yeah. No, that was the one moment where I was like, Minori, I love you. What are you doing? Stop it.
0: Please stop. <laughs> yeah, and I will say, like, I get. I. The stalker scene didn't so much work for me, I think, because I get what you're saying about it being really cool in the moment, and I love her just being, un- like, repentantly nasty and then being, like, admitting afterwards, like, I was really scared. But I think what it is for me is that this show has sort of started to build its bones on. We're digging under the, the emotion, like, the archetypes and sort of the simplified anime emotional charge of things to be a little bit more realistic and i'm like this would have gone so so bad for her
2: yeah (laughs) so maybe it like yeah this yeah no that scene is very cathartic but if you try to apply like real world logic to it then it it, yeah it would have ended extremely poorly
0: who haven't we talked yutaka doesn't really have a lot going on yet and i'm sure that's on purpose to like keep up his his perfect weirdly on top of everything image and we'll come under that later but right now he's just kind of
1: I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna be real with you I didn't know his name for like four episodes um I I was calling him glasses and then I was I was kind of calling him potato <laughs> Glasses uh, potato yeah he's Mr. Potato Head to me um in that I so here's my my personal read on him and we'll we'll see maybe he'll maybe he'll get his own arc um I've seen a lot of I've I haven't seen a ton of shows in this in this format, but I have seen a lot of shows where it's like three girls and two boys and the boy that's not the protagonist has zero personality and it's just kind of there. Um, and I'm a little worried Yusaku's going to fall into that. So I hope I'm proven wrong. Um, but my current read on him is he is the author surrogate, uh, who is gently directing the characters in the direction they need to go to find the healthiest conclusions for their, uh, particular problems and arcs and, relationships and things. So my read on Yusaku right now is he is the author. Uh, we'll see how that goes from here.
2: I mean, I like Yusaku. It's true. He doesn't have a whole lot of personality, especially compared to the other characters. But he's a nice boy. Um,
1: oh, he's not a jerk. He reminds me of of more of a kind of standard mm-hmm. harem protagonist, I think. He looks like a little like
2: Kotaro. Potato! <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, Taiga, it's a very human thing how... Tyga confessed to him a year ago, or yeah, he confessed to Tyga a year ago. Tyga turned him down. And so, but then now she's had a year to like, for those feelings to be stirred up in her, even though they weren't necessarily there at the moment. And he's had a year to get over it. And so like now they, they're just like out of sync with it. Um, And I feel like that's very human thing. Um, I think it was in the movie Amelie where someone's like yeah the way to get a couple together is to make both people think the other person likes them um, even even though they don't
1: I think you definitely I to me anyway I get the vibe that I get the vibe that um, Ryuji genuinely likes Minori like the two of them have he's seen enough of her mm-hmm. and they've hung out enough that he he genuinely enjoys and admires and appreciates like who she is um, from what he's seen of her as a person. Um, I get the sense Taiga just likes Yusaku because nobody had ever told her they liked her before, and then she started kind of thinking about it, and it got into her head, and so now it's kind of the idea of mm-hmm. him that she is that she's sort of enamored uh, with. Yeah, because you don't really see enough of them interacting to get a feeling for exactly. Again, he he's kind of a potato, you guys. I'm sorry. He's not he's nice, but he's kind of a potato. Um, so it's hard to get a feel for exactly why she likes him, other than because he confessed to her which i do agree is that that is extremely adolescence uh and like i've never even thought of this person oh but they like oh, me it's not just adolescence yeah, cool. <laughs> let me uh should i i guess i'll oh okay they play bass yeah they're kind of all right yeah i guess i'm really into them now i mean they did say they liked me so yeah
0: it's extreme. yeah this guy rocks <laughs> Oh, that that bit is so real.
2: Okay, you know who we haven't really talked about in depth yet though? We haven't talked about Ryuji. He exists. He's good so boy. good.
1: I, I so I really I really like Ryuji because I, I have a I mean, I have a personal uh fondness for he's not a soft boy exactly, but like I love the way the story I again I, I like the, the sort of appearance versus reality that they're dealing with and I love the way they've kind of flipped the sort of gendered character... Uh, traits of Ryuji and Taiga. And Ryuji genuinely, like, it's not just like, oh, I have to cook and clean because my mom works all night and so somebody has to take care of the house. He likes it. Like, he genu he freaking loves it. He goes to war against that mold. <laughs> um, he goes to Taiga's house and is like, it's a mess in here. And there's no reason for him to clean her house except I really want to <laughs> clean this house. Uh, and good for him. Like, I, I, I really enjoy that about him. I love that he makes lunches for taiga again it it doesn't feel like he's doing it because he's worried she'll it's not like oh i'm genuinely worried she's going to hurt me it's like eh, she he, needs yeah food. he's just I'm gonna help he's her very
2: out. domestic
1: yeah and i i do i do really enjoy mm-hmm. that about him um i like that his again i like i said i like that his crush on i don't feel like his crush on minori really veers into the realm of like creepy anime crush that can it's sometimes safe. happen with these it's kinds of characters <laughs> He just wants to make her a (laughs) mixtape He does. And, yeah, no, I like Ryuji. I don't, um, I do, I do still kind of get the feeling that Toradora is very much a story about the girls and the boys are sort of there to, uh, be vehicles for those stories, but I, I like Ryuji's foundation as a character. I like that he bonds with Taiga over the fact that, People make assumptions about them based on the way they look, and that's super frustrating. And like you said, like that light post scene is a really good, genuine moment uh, because I don't think we Ryuji's not. We know that people make those assumptions about him, but he doesn't start the story as like a total outsider who nobody likes. Like he's ma- he's made friends over the years. Like mm-hmm. people have have you know worked past that veneer and gotten to know him. Um, so he it's not like a it's not like an angsty arc it's just um but there's still that frustration there that like these are the assumptions that people make about me anytime they meet me and i always have to fight to get past that until people become my friends um so i do i do like that about him and he just he just seems like a nice he's, guy. he's
2: <laughs> such a sweetheart and yeah i totally agree with you like i am so so weak for the sort of uh rom-com dynamic of like the like really angry dysfunctional girl and like the the sweet boy who kind of emotionally supports her through it not in a way that where he like saves her but he's just like there for her and can help her work out like can help her work out all of her issues on top of them having this like yeah. really good like like day-to-day snarky dynamic yeah
1: and i mean ideally ideally and this is this is what i'm kind of curious to see with toradora Ideally, there's a there's a there's a back and forth mm-hmm. there, right? Because I mean, I think this is I think most people who have followed me in any capacity over the last year know I'm a pretty big rocket shipper from Pokemon uh, <laughs> because it's a similar vibe to what we're talking about right, right. now. Like- um, but there, <laughs> you like Team? <laughs> but ship- there's Rocket I so didn't know hard. this about so you. So hard, shock, <laughs> shock and awe. Yeah, um, but it, it's it's a similar vibe to what to what we're seeing here. Um, but there's also that, there's also the, I need to know what Taiga is giving Ryuji. And right now I'm not sure there's a, I don't know what the, what the, what that element of it is. Like, like there needs to be a back and forth in their emotional relationship as well. And like, I definitely see the support Ryuji is providing Taiga. I don't really see the reverse Mm. and I love these kinds of relationships, inject them straight into my veins. But I do need that back and forth. Like again, I'm, I'm a rocket shipper because I also I also see like like what Jesse provides to James. If we're going to dig into that today, mm-hmm. uh, we don't need to dig into that today <laughs> someday. Um, but it's but it's that vibe, right? It's it's that it's that each side of the relationship is giving something to the other side, um, and and so I do hope over the over the next you know, assuming that the two of them get together, which seems like a fair assumption, um, I hope that we see more of of what Ryuji is getting out of this relationship with Taiga. Like, the kind of support she is providing him.
0: Uh, Vry, how do you feel about Ryuji? I mean, he's fine. Like, sometimes I really like him and I think he's sweet and, and I think there are moments where their dynamic is just gold and then sometimes he's, it's like he's, he's the meeting point between the modern soft boy and like the shitty harem protagonist and sometimes I think the writing (laughs) shifts a little bit more towards the latter and then I don't like him very much because he gets a little mean in not like a harmless playful rolling his eyes kind of way so it kind of depends on the episode, which is how I feel a lot about these first six episodes where like sometimes I really like these characters and then sometimes I feel like the scripts aren't so good and I don't like them anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but yeah, I feel that. I, I do agree that it's that it's a little it's, it's up and down. I'm, I'm talking like, yeah, I'm hoping the general trajectory that I think is here will continue to happen but when it's when it's when it's down like when Taiga's yelling at Ryuji for being a pervert for uh-huh. thinking that Minori looks pretty while playing softball or the fat shaming scene that you mentioned like those moments are just like teeth grinding
0: and boy the lo- I Caitlyn promised me that the that the last few minutes of episode 6 aren't going to become a trend promise me <sighs> what happens in the last
1: few minutes oh, again yeah where oh, my- Taiga
0: walks in on Ami Trying to fake seduce uh, Ryuji and oh no, a misunderstanding. Cinder,e <sighs>
2: yeah. I no, it it oh, it, it no. does. I, there's oh, like no. a little bit of that, but um, it's not. Yeah, it's I not really, the primary not
0: dynamic. 'Cause like I so wanna yeah, watch really... Taiga and Ami become friends. I really I'm act I'm legit here for that. And like Taiga and Ryuji are nice. They're gonna take way too long for my c co- for, for my patience to get together, but <laughs> like I'll enjoy their back and forth.
2: By the way, there's there's one episode in this stretch that was not the script written by Mario Kata. Um can you guess which one?
0: Was
1: it episode six?
2: No, it was not episode six. No.
1: no, no, I was gonna say that that Ami, Ami scene of her smash. That You're right. That's very Okada. That, that feels that feels extremely Okada to me. And again, this is this is based off a light novel. These scenes probably existed there. Um, we're just talking general um, like flow of scene.
0: I'm going to guess. Is it is it the photography one? Hmm.
1: Just
2: no. tell us what it was. <laughs> it's um no, it's episode 5. It's Ami's introduction episode. Ah. Uh, yeah. That tracks. So anyway, <laughs> uh let's see we've talked about everyone. Uh I mean, we're getting up yeah, to the hours. So, so. Uh I'm curious, do you guys have any uh predictions or guesses that haven't come up so far?
0: I, I'm so used to, like, one core anime at this point that I'm having a genuinely hard time foreseeing the structure of this. Because, like, obviously there has to be a turn going into the end of the first act and then a big realization where we all come together more as characters. But then there's but then there's a whole nother 13 episodes after that. And they'll just be hanging out and doing shenanigans, but there must be some kind of narrative arc. I don't know. Something with the Yakuza?
1: <laughs> <laughs> what you think Ryuji's like father's old gang is gonna come back and pay a debt <laughs> I don't know maybe
0: they'll kill that shop owner who goes around molesting teenage boys
1: god that would yeah. be good right Please it would do. be really that. good he sucked. he sucked so bad sucked. and they just they just rolled past it like it wasn't a big deal Yep. yeah, yeah Toradora definitely wants to interrogate tropes but it does fall into them sometimes um <laughs> it feels like a very important stepping stone in a process of, of genre motion. I guess.
0: Like I said, it's fascinating um, in context.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and I mean, I do enjoy the cast for the most part and kind of their interactions with one another. Um, even if it is occasionally kind of a mess. Um, so like I said, I personally would like it if Ryuji and Taiga were best buddies. Um, but I don't see that happening, so I'm sure the two of them will get closer. Um, I dearly, dearly hope this show doesn't start to deal with love triangles, because I like I like that one of the things I really like about this is while it is a rom com that's kind of based on like teen awkwardness and oh I like this person but they don't like me back. There's not any of that like really unpleasant. Rivalry stuff so far Like Yusaku and Ryoji are friends And Minori and Tiger are like really good friends I would love to see more of their relationship I'll say that too Um but I don't I'm worried Ami's gonna show up and be like this character That will create sexual tension vis-a-vis like she also likes Ryuji but oh no Taiga's starting to develop feelings and then if Minori does too it'll be a whole thing and I really don't want that to happen but I'm a little worried it will okay. so I would like this show to I would like this show to be as as little of a harem as humanly possible <laughs> if, if if it could do that for me just as a favor personal favor yeah that would be so good um
2: all right so next episode uh we should do episodes seven to 13 because 13 is the end of a three part three episode arc. All right. So thank you for listening to our first episode of the Toradora watch along. Uh, next time we're going to be watching episodes seven to 13. Uh, if you enjoyed this, if you haven't already checked out our website, we are at animefeminist.com. Um, you can find us on Twitter at animefeminist on fit on Tumblr at animefeminist.tumblr.com and on Facebook at animefem. We also would really appreciate if you could drop by our Patreon and send us at least send us even a dollar a month. Um, Every little bit counts. Every little bit is helpful. And it's really important so that we can keep up this website, keep paying our contributors, pay our editors, pay everyone who does any kind of work for the website. Uh, It's really important to us and we cannot do, we don't have any advertising, so we cannot do that without uh, support on our Patreon. Thanks for listening, Annie fam. And uh, Hmm. (laughs) how did I sign off? (laughs) Watch out for the tsundere.
1: Nailed it. Watch out for (laughs) tsundere. Caution, Sundere crossing.